Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. And we're back on Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Thomas Escrow. And we're joining you this morning live from Sacred Heart Parish in Aberdeen, where we are broadcasting all throughout the upper Midwest and proclaiming the truth of our Catholic faith and the glory of God fully alive in our souls. Thomas, how are you this morning? Doing really well, really well for a Monday morning. How are you doing, Father? Doing great. We've had a blessed weekend. Uh, Just finished celebrating the second Sunday of Advent, lighting that second candle on our Advent wreath, and also just kind of proclaiming here the words of John the Baptist this Sunday to uh, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And of course, uh, this is the time of year where we have all great things happening in the life of the church, penance services, the opportunity to be reconciled to God and with our neighbor as we prepare ourselves to memorialize the coming of Jesus in Bethlehem and also prepare ourselves for his glorious second coming as we believe in our faith. Well, uh, one cool thing that a lot of churches have and we have here at Sacred Heart, of course, is the tradition of the Advent wreath. You know, we have a giant Advent wreath in the church four candles, and my daughters, though, excited to light a second candle, were disappointed that it wasn't the pink candle yet. You know, and so I'm trying to teach them now again, you know, the second week is the purple. We're still in purple preparation before. And so they are stoked for next weekend, at least for the pink candle to be lit. But it's fun. Do you have an Advent wreath uh, in at Holy Cross in Ipswich? There? We sure do in all my parishes. Uh, we have a beautiful Advent wreaths as well as, uh, um, but we're excited this next week too to bring out, of course, the rose vestments, Whoop. as I like to say, because I don't, I don't wear pink. I wear rose, you know. But that's something that we can, we'll learn more about as we go on this week in uh, Real Presence Live, as we learn about the liturgical life of the church. Well, it's a, it's a beautiful day, of course. You know, Thomas, today we're celebrating a special solemnity in the life of the church. Uh, what are we celebrating today? The church is kind of throwing us a curveball. It's the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which a lot of us understand to be on December 8th regularly, right? But today isn't the 8th. It's the 9th. And so the feast day is moved to today because of the uh, the 8th being the second Sunday of Advent. And you can't sort of like trump the second Sunday of Advent. We need to celebrate that as part of the Advent season. So the feast day gets moved to today, right, Father? That's right. And so I just finished celebrating Mass for the Immaculate Conception in my home parish. And this day, and most of our parish uh, missals and your missalettes, and your, you would have noticed that in Sunday Mass yesterday, it says in there, even in the print, it says um, that today is not a holy day of obligation in the United States. The Council of Bishops has suspended that as a holy day of obligation. That being said, however, we still still celebrate these great prayers. And so today, uh, actually, with some great solemnity, lit some more candles. Um, unfortunately, I lit the incense, thurible, but during the celebration of the liturgy, uh, 
things got away from me. I forgot to incense the gifts oh, around no. the altar. So um, unfortunately, that those are the sorts of things that come when we when we celebrate uh, the great liturgy. If I had a deacon there, he would have reminded me. But uh, it's just a great gift for us to celebrate the glory of God in, in the Mass, but also remember Mary as, as the Immaculate Conception. And, and what a great gift it is. As we draw closer to Jesus, we draw closer to his Blessed Mother. I spent last night in my parish, Thomas, with members of the Legion of Mary, mm. and they actually commemorated a Marian consecration, a 33-day devotion uh, first established by St. Louis de Montfort, and they had led members of my parish in a Marian consecration, and I'm so grateful for their participation, and great apostolates like the Legion of Mary and all the other Marian movements in the life of the Church that help us honor our Blessed Mother. Mm. And this morning, we're really grateful because we're going to be joined by one of our own priests from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, but also someone who really does a lot of work in the of promoting Marian devotion, not just here in the central upper Midwest, but is actually known around the Church Universal through his writings and his veneration of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so we're grateful this morning that we'll be joined by Monsignor Charles Mangan. Um, uh, Monsignor Mangan, are you on the phone with us? Yes, I am, Father Smith and Mr. Escrow. Happy feast day to both of you. Well, Monsignor, we're grateful that you're you're on air with us this morning. And Monsignor, I know you're a man of great humility, but I hope you don't mind if I speak uh, adoringly of the work you've done in honor of Our Lady in the different tracks and the different ways that you've promoted veneration of Our Lady, the promotion of the Most Holy Rosary. Um, your work as an evangelist and, and drawing people to love of Our Lord and Our Lady is something that's a great example for other members of the clergy. And so I just want to say thank Thank you for your, your witness to promotion, and most especially in honoring Our Lady. Well, you're welcome, Father Smith, and I hope it can always be more, uh, more as our mother wants. And this is my goal, always to be in conformity to the hearts of Jesus and Mary. You know, Monsignor, uh, Thomas and I were just discussing that normally we celebrate today as a holy day of obligation, but this year that's not the case. Why is that? Can you help us understand why this decision was made not to have a holy day of obligation this year? Well, you said it well just a moment ago when you said that uh, actually we do need to have four Sundays of Advent, and so this happens about every 11 years twice. So once every five or six years, and then uh, another five or six years, that the Immaculate Conception, December 8th, would fall on the second Sunday of Advent. When that's the case, what the Church does is she moves the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception to the following day, Monday, the 9th of December. However, there is a principle that when a Holy Day is moved in that fashion, the obligation attached to the Holy Day is not transferred. So today we're not obliged to go to Mass uh, because of the Feast Day of the Immaculate Conception, though we are greatly encouraged to do so. And so this is what has happened this year, and this happens every once in a while. And of course it's interesting that uh, December 8th could be no other day than the second Sunday of Advent. It's too late to be the first Sunday of Advent, it's too early to be the third Sunday of Advent. So this is the only way that it could happen, is that December 8th could fall on a Sunday, as it does this year. Monsignor, um, 
You know, one interesting thing always on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception is the gospel speaks to us of the Annunciation, of actually Jesus' conception and when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, right? But that's not, it, it is what we're celebrating, but it's we're also celebrating Mary's Immaculate Conception, right? Can you speak to us a little bit about why that's the gospel for today, or to the beauty of really what is the Immaculate Conception itself? Yes, well, interestingly, that gospel from St. Luke uh, which is one of the most famous, and I think is perhaps most represented in art, with the exception maybe of the crucifixion. I think you'd have to say the Annunciation and Crucifixion are right up there in terms of artistic renditions. The reason we have that gospel today is because, especially of how Mary is treated by the Archangel Gabriel. In verse 28, we hear that famous phrase, Hail, full of grace. And hail, full of grace, uh, takes us back perhaps 12, 13, 14 years earlier when our Blessed Lady was conceived in her mother's womb. She was preserved at that moment from original sin. So we don't have a gospel which tells directly about Mary's Immaculate Conception, but we do have the gospel that tells us about the virginal conception of Christ. And so we use this gospel today to remember that Mary is the living tabernacle of the Lord Jesus Christ. She is the Ark of the New Covenant. And that's why we use this gospel. It's a marvelous one, and it really does help us remember Mary is singular. Uh, There is no other human person who has had this gift before or after Mary of having been preserved from original sin at the moment of her conception. That's what a beautiful mystery for us to learn more about, Monsignor. And our listeners here on Real Presence Live always want to be challenged in their understanding of the Church's theology, and particularly the Church even studies Christology, how Christ, a holy divinity and holy humanity, are united together, as well as Mariology, the study of Our Lady and her role in, in salvation history. Monsignor, why is it so important that Mary was immaculately conceived for us as faithful Catholics who want to understand the Church's theology better? Many spiritual writers, Father Smith, have pointed us here to what must have been a definitive and decisive movement of God's holy will. God, in His infinite goodness and in His inscrutable mind, his mind that can be not, not can be known by us unless it's revealed to us, God decided that when his son became man, our Blessed Lady, this woman of Nazareth, whom in Hebrew, Mary is Miriam, Miriam of Nazareth, would be so other, so unparalleled in the history of, of humanity that this was important, that the Son of God would have a mother that would be so other as he is so other. There is no, obviously, there is no one we call uh, Jesus, God, and man. And similarly, Mary also had to be singular. She had to be unique. And so when we look at the Immaculate Conception, we say, this was what God intended, that Our Lady would be so completely consecrated to Christ, 
And because of that reason, she remains such a good example for each of us. Despite our own failings, we turn to her and ask her assistance. Well, thank you for listening. This is Real Presence Live. Uh, my name is Thomas Escrow, and I'm here with Father Tim Smith, of your host this morning. And we're speaking with Monsignor Charles Mangan um, from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And we're speaking about today, December 9th, as the Feast of the Immaculate Conception this year. So, um, Monsignor, sometimes we refer to Mary herself as the Immaculate Conception, not just the event that took place, but we actually give her this title or this status. Why... Um, why do we do this sometimes within our Catholic tradition? Well, it sums up so well who she is. And as you know, uh, oftentimes when in the scriptures, when a name is given to someone, it really bespeaks of that person's mission. For example, the name Jesus means God saves. Emmanuel means God with us. Now, Mary is a name that scholars are not exactly sure what it refers to. But when we say that Mary is the Immaculate Conception, we are speaking of the mission that Mary has, one of the great privileges that she has. The privilege to be holy, to be conceived without original sin, and therefore the mission to lead others to her Son. And may I also say here, let's not forget the beautiful apparition of Mary to St. Bernadette in 1858. Interestingly, Blessed Pius IX in 1854 declared the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. Four years later, Our Lady came to Lourdes, and in telling who she is to Bernadette, Our Lady said, I am the Immaculate Conception. Now, at the time, this was incredible because little Bernadette uh, was not familiar with all that surrounded this great title. And when she told the religious superiors about this, right away that was another confirmation for them that this was something heavenly. Mary's presence was true and authentic. That's a marvelous mystery, particularly with the devotion of the apparition of Our Lady of Lourdes, Monsignor. Uh, Just thought-provoking for us on how something so rich in our Catholic theology would be revealed to some holy saint um, who is so simple and pure of heart. And what a great example that is for us to try to live lives of holiness and sanctity, and so that we too could receive those divine truths and understand them and take them to heart the way that St. Bernadette did so well and live as faithful examples to Jesus and Mary. Monsignor, what are some ways that we can commemorate, aside from attending Holy Mass at our parish on this day, what are some other ways that we can commemorate the Immaculate Conception in our daily life and our devotional life? Well, I would say, Father Smith, so many ways, but three that come to mind. Today it would be wonderful to pray the Rosary, uh, perhaps the Joyful Mysteries or any of the Mysteries, but that would be a great way to honor Our Lady. Another something to do today would be some beautiful charitable act for someone, perhaps someone who is poor, someone who is distressed, to go out of our way to do something charitable. And thirdly, I would say it's always a wonderful thing to do some penance. So perhaps today we might abstain from meat, we might abstain from some dessert or something we like, we might abstain from you know, watching a movie or whatever the case. Um, These things, I think, would be a wonderful offering that we could make to 
Our Lady can see without original sin today. You know, the third one there comes to mind, especially in the Advent season. A lot of times we talk about Advent as this time of waiting and preparation, but it's also a time of, of, uh, of penitence. That You know, the color is given to us as purple. It reminds us a little bit of Lent, right? We don't think about Advent very often like this, but it is a time to return to the Lord, um, maybe to go to confession, uh, to repent, and return to the gospel. Right, Monsignor? Yes. In fact, we know that the Jewish people did so much in terms of penance and waiting for the Messiah. So it seems very appropriate that we would uh, spiritually unite ourselves uh, in this act of sacrifice. Monsignor, thank you so much for uh, edifying us and just encouraging us in our devotion to uh, honoring Our Lady as the Immaculate Conception on this day. We're grateful for your apostolate as well as your prayers, and we ask that you can continue to keep our listeners in your prayers throughout the day, and thank you for joining us this morning. You're welcome, Father Smith and Thomas, and I might say that I'm a native son of Sacred Heart Parish. My mother is still a parishioner there. So it's wonderful for me to be able to speak with you today. God bless you, Monsignor. Coming up next on Real Presence Live, it's Prayerfully Yours, where we pray for your intentions that you submit to the Real Presence Radio family. And later on, it's Straight Talk with me, Father Tim Smith. You can call in with your questions on the Catholic faith, coming to you live this morning from Sacred Heart Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota. My name's Father Tim Smith. And I'm Thomas Escrow. And you're tuned in right here to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.